Good morning. Before I begin preaching today, I, I want to put a plug in for next Sunday, September 20th, in the AM services. Michael DeFazio uh, will be with us from Ozark Christian College. We have a picture of him. Uh, you say, who is Michael DeFazio? He's one of Ozark's uh, young teachers that the kids are absolutely loving his teaching. They uh, just are scrambling to get into his classes there. And we are blessed to have him scheduled to come and be with us next Sunday. And I've had him scheduled probably for a year. Uh, he is to preach two different sermons next week. So I'm asking you if you would be willing to come for the first service, which probably most of you are normally here for first service, I'm asking you to be willing to, to stay for the whole morning, to enjoy some biscuits and gravy in the gym, free biscuits and gravy in the gym, and uh, then stay for the second service. He will be preaching two different sermons next week. He will be preaching on the subjects, saved by grace through faith. That's the a.m. service, the 9 a.m. service, 11 a.m. service will be saved for good works. And so really it's a two-part sermon, and it's a topic that we need clarity on. I'm asking you to consider staying for both services, please. And you know what could happen? You could get your belly full in that room, and you can get your heart full in this room of God's Word. So I hope you'll do that. Cindy asked me last night as we were coming home from Joplin, she said, are you going to tell the folks about Rebecca getting engaged last night? And I said, no, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> because it doesn't have anything to do with the sermon. And so I'm not telling you. But it did happen last night, and we are very pleased and uh, thankful. You know, today is the last Sunday in this book of Psalms. And I wish we had a few more Sundays. But I, I'm quite sure that I would be saying that even if we did have a few more Sundays. Because there is so much in this book. It's just a book that is inexhaustible. The information is so much there. It's like a well that no matter how deep you go, there's no room, or there's still room that you could go deeper. And that's, that's the book of Psalms. And I have, have greatly enjoyed preparing these sermons and preaching them. They have been meaningful to me. I hope that they have been meaningful to you, And I have encouraged you to be reading through the book of Psalms. Maybe you've already done that this summer. Maybe you are still in the process of reading through this book. I would encourage you to be reading Psalms. Dusty has encouraged you in his preaching to be praying the book of Psalms. And that's a very good thing for us to do as well. David, who wrote nearly half of the chapters in this book was said to be a man after God's own heart. And I, I believe this to be fully true, that if we would spend some time in David's writings, reading them and praying them, then maybe we too could be influenced to be a person who is after the heart of God. 
And certainly, all of us would want that. We would want to be that man or that woman who is after God's heart. And so spend some time on your own in the book of Psalms. I have tried to address several themes as we have made our way through this book. I certainly have not tried to go chapter by chapter or verse by verse. Rather, I have looked at some themes that run through the book of Psalms. We've looked at the subject of prayer. We've looked at the subjects of of worship and grace and and trust. And, And last week we looked at the subject of waiting on God. Maybe you saw during the offering time, some of those, those uh, things that people wrote about they've been waiting on God and, and His work in their life. We've also looked at David's own experience with repentance. As he prayed to God, asking for forgiveness over his sin with Bathsheba. We've looked too at the importance of remembering all that God has done for us. Maybe you noticed one of the songs this morning. We had brought that up in one of the sermons. Ebenezer, the rock of remembrance. A memorial that we would remember the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. Well, Israel didn't do that. They had spiritual amnesia. They couldn't remember the blessings that God had given to them. They quickly forgot His goodness and His mercy to them. We need to learn from their mistake. If only we could remember all that He has done for us, I think it would move us towards being that person who is after the heart of God. I want to preach on one more theme that runs through the book of Psalms, and that is the brevity of life. Let me read to you some verses, and may we give an ear to the Holy Spirit this morning in hearing what He has to say to us through the book of Psalms. Chapter 39, verse 5, it says this, Behold, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my lifetime as nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. There are a couple of things in that verse that just literally jump out at me. Uh, first thing that jumps out at me is that word hand breath. And we talked about that before. If you spread your fingers out just as wide as you can possibly spread them, from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your little finger is what we would call a hand breath. And the psalmist says, that's about how long our life is here on this earth. He says, too, that at best our life is a mere breath. It will not be long before we'll be going out into the morning hours as we get ready to go to work or we're going out uh, to to uh, let the dog out or whatever it is we do first thing in the morning. We'll step out that door and we'll breathe and we'll see our breath. And just as soon as we see it, it will be gone. And the psalmist says, that's about how long our life is here on this earth. Not very long. And so, the simple conclusion from that would be that we would live life well. 
that we would live life wisely. Let me read to you from chapter 49 of Psalms, verse 12. But man in his pomp will not endure. He is like the beast that perish. Donald Trump, your billions and billions of dollars will not sustain you forever. In all of your pomp, you will not endure. Those dollars will not keep you. You will perish just like the beasts do, just like the rest of all of mankind does. Life is very, very short. And I'm not just picking on Donald Trump. I could say that to anyone who has great wealth. Sports stars, Hollywood stars, music stars, whatever kind of star you want to mention, and whosever name you want to highlight, we could put your name there and my name too. We all will perish just like the beasts do. I hope that we have invested our life into more than just money and those things that are temporal. Chapter 78 of Psalms. Verse 39. Thus he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and does not return. This passage is talking about Israel, who has continued to dishonor God and rebel against Him. And it says that God remembers them as a wind that passes. If you're reading from the New International Version, it says it this way, a passing breeze that does not return. Again, we are all very short-lived. Chapter 89 of Psalms, verse 48, from the New International Version, it says, What man can live and not see death or save himself from the power of the grave? And the answer is no one. We all are subject to a life that is short-lived. I'm wondering, are you getting a sense that this is a theme that runs through the whole book of Psalms? It most certainly is. Chapter 90 of Psalms, verses 3 through 6. And then a few others after that. Chapter 90, beginning with verse 3. You turn man back into dust. And say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like a yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and and sprouts anew. Toward evening it fades and withers away. Chapter, same chapter, verse Verses 9 and 10. For all our days have declined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they continue, or they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. 
Now, this particular psalm is actually written by Moses. And what he is doing, he is contrasting the eternal nature of God with the finite nature of mankind. God is the one, Moses says, who gave birth to the world. He is from everlasting to everlasting. On the other hand, though, mankind is like dust. He's like grass that soon withers away. He's like a sigh. Huh. That's about how long our life here on the earth is, Moses says. He's like a sigh. And then he's gone. I hope you're letting the truth of God sink into your life and into your heart. Life here is very, very short. Let me read to you verse 12 of that same chapter. So, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Because life is so short here on the earth... Moses is saying, we need to be wise. We need to be making the most of our time that we have been given. Just a little while that we're here, make good use of that time, Moses says. Chapter 102, verse 11 from the New International Version. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like Grass. How long is the evening shadow? Not very long. Chapter 103, verses 14 and 15. For He Himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. Verse 16, when the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. You read this and it's almost starting to sound like a broken record. Our lives are like a flower that is very short-lived. I love Cindy's flowers that we have in the front of the house. There's two major problems with those flowers, though. One's the weeds. <laughs> the weeds grow with the flowers, don't they? And you've got to get out there and pull the weeds. But the second problem with those flowers is that they are so short-lived. They just don't last long enough. They bloom beautifully, but then they fade away too quickly. And that's the picture that God has of our lives here on the earth. We're blooming only for a short while, and then we fade away. And, and did you get what he says there in that chapter? Not only do we fade away, but soon we are forgotten. Now you think about that. We live our life here on the earth 70, 80 years, some a few years older than that, some not that long. And then you, you let a, just probably a couple of generations pass by, and then who in the world's Kevin Moore? I never heard of him. We are completely forgotten in just a short period of time. I'll give to you one more passage from the book of Psalms on this matter. Chapter 144, 
and verse 4. Man is like a mere breath. Have we heard that before? Yeah. His days are like a passing shadow. I mean, the message is repeated over and over and over again in the book of Psalms. Our life here is very, very short. And since this is true, what are we to do? Well, let me give to you a couple of suggestions based on the truth of God's Word. Number one, accept Jesus now. Accept Jesus now. Have you noticed the urgency of people in the book of Acts as they receive the gospel message? Acts chapter 2, Peter and the other apostles, they're, they're standing up and they are preaching the good news to the Jewish people on the day of Pentecost. Verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. In other words, they were convicted over their sin. And they said to Peter, What shall we do? And Peter told them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember their response? They said, uh, well, well, let us go home and, and let us think about this for about six months. No, that's not what they said. That's not... That was not their response at all. Verse 41 tells us their response. It says, So then those who had received His word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Oh, that's a good beginning to the Lord's church. Acts chapter 8, Philip is going about preaching the message of Jesus. Verse 12 says, when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. I note there a sense of urgency in these people. Later on in that same chapter, Philip is sent by God out to a desert road that is leading south out of Jerusalem. And on that road, he sees a man in a chariot. And the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go up to the chariot and speak to this man. He did. And you read there in chapter 8, verse 35, he preached Jesus to him. And verse 36 says, As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look! Here's water. I, I don't think I'll be baptized today. I think I'll go home and mull it over. I need to give the devil a chance to snatch the truth away from my heart. Is that what, what this man said back to Philip? No. He said, look, here's water. What would prevent me from being baptized? Verse 37, Philip says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Verse 38, And he ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And again, there is a sense of urgency there. Uh, an attitude of, let's get it done. I, I, I want to accept Jesus right now. And, and really, that is such a, a prevalent 
theme through Scripture of, of the urgency, the need to accept Jesus with, with, with urgency. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Why would a person play Russian roulette with their soul? Why would a person take such a risk with their soul? When we realize the grace of God and the love of God, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for us, it should move us towards a response to the Savior. When we realize the wrath of God and the reality of hell, it should move us to respond to the Savior with urgency. Chapter 9, Saul, who later became Paul, when he heard the message of salvation from Ananias, it says he got up and was baptized. Again, I note there a sense of urgency. Chapter 10, Cornelius and his whole household was baptized upon hearing the message from Peter as he preached to them about Jesus. And it's this way through the whole book of Acts. Chapter 16, Lydia, listen to the Word of God preached. And it says, the Lord opened her heart. And she and her household were baptized. Later in that chapter, the Philippian jailer, he's been overhearing Paul and Silas singing praises and praying there in the, in the jail cell. And then there was that earthquake. And Paul and Silas, uh, their, their chains fell off of their hands and feet. The Philippian jailer thought they had escaped. He was about to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 we're still here. And he runs over to Paul and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And the very next few verses, verse 33, it says, and he took them that very hour of the night and he washed their wounds and he was baptized, he and all of his household. you note the sense of urgency? Now, please understand me. I'm all for a person being sure. And before we ever baptize anyone, we want them to be sure. We want them to have faith in Jesus. We want them to, to understand who Jesus is and what He has done for them. And we want them to have a repentant spirit, a willingness to surrender to Jesus. But most of what I see in Scripture is when a person has heard the message of salvation, they were willing to receive that message, and then they, they wanted to give their life to Jesus. They couldn't wait to give their life to Jesus because they understood that He was offering to them forgiveness of sins. He was offering to them the Holy Spirit. He was offering to them new life, the opportunity to be reborn. He is offering to them the promise of heaven. Why would anybody wait for that? I can think of one person in the book of Acts who heard the message and they didn't respond with urgency. You know who I'm talking about? King Agrippa. 
He heard the message, and Paul looked him in the eye, and he said, King Agrippa, here it is. What do you think? You remember Agrippa's response? He said, almost you persuade me to become a Christian. There's a song written about that. It's in our old hymnal. Page 500, I looked at it this week. You know what the, you remember the words of the song? Let me, let me quote to you a couple of the verses of that song. Verse 1, almost persuaded now to believe. Almost persuaded Christ to receive. Seems now some soul will say, go spirit, go thy way. Some more convenient day on thee I'll call. Verse 3, almost persuaded, harvest is past. Almost persuaded, doom comes at last. Almost cannot avail, almost is but to fail. Sad, sad, that bitter wail. Almost but lost. Wow. That need not be your song for eternity. We we are not told in Scripture that that Agrippa ever came around. And if he didn't, I'm thinking that his words are haunting him for all eternity. Almost you persuade me to become a Christian. I mean, he came right to the, the well He had the opportunity to drink, and he didn't do it. Don't let that be your song. Don't let that be your story. Now, most of us here today, I would imagine, have have already, we've come to Christ. We have made that decision for Jesus. And so, what we need to be thinking about is the sense of urgency to get serious to be serious, to be growing in Jesus Christ, to be passionate about Him, to be consumed with Him. He is deserving nothing less than that. Here's another suggestion based on the truth of God's Word as we think about the brevity of life. And that is this, make the most of every opportunity. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 from the New International Version. It says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your grace be, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, time is short. That's That's a point not only established in the book of Psalms, but it's also established in the book of Isaiah. It's established in the book of 1 Peter. It's established by Jesus in the Gospels. Life is short. There is not much time here from birth to death. And so let's make the most of every opportunity that is given to us. And so let me encourage you. Forgive while you have the opportunity to forgive. 
Let that sink in. Forgive while you have the opportunity to forgive. Love your neighbor today while you have the opportunity in front of you. Deepen your friendships today while you have the chance. Witness to your family and friends today. Don't be saying, you know, I'm going to get around to that next week. Tomorrow. Next month. Next time I get with them. Witness to your family and friends today while you have the opportunity. The time is short. Say thank you to those who have impacted your life while you have the opportunity to do that. How about this? Be a better husband and father today. Be a better wife and mother today. How about this? Be a better brother or sister today. Not just talking to the young ones, I'm talking to the old ones. Be a better brother or sister today. Get in contact with that sibling of yours and talk to them on the phone. Go see them today. Plan a visit soon while you have the opportunity. Say, I love you Today, get into the Word of God today. Don't keep saying, you know, tomorrow I'm going to start doing that. I was touched by something Cindy told me this last week about her mom, my mother-in-law. We visited there last weekend, and I suppose this conversation came up between Cindy and her mother, and so she was relaying the conversation to me. Her mother has a Bible that is absolutely worn out. And she just, years ago, when she first got that Bible, she decided that she'd, she'd make a mark in the front cover of that Bible every time she had read it through from cover to cover. Thirty-five marks later. That Bible is completely worn out. And I'm thinking, my, that's, that's amazing. 35 times of reading the Bible from front to cover, front cover to back cover. Don't, don't be saying, you know, tomorrow I'm going to start reading my Bible regularly. Do it today while you have the opportunity because the days are short life is short start praying today with regularity and with fervency don't be saying tomorrow I, I think I'll get into that habit do it today how about this start tithing today Say the offering plates are already passed. We'll still accept. <laughs> Start tithing today. Don't be saying, you know, I'm going to get around to that next week, next year. When, when my finances get in a little better shape, when's that going to be? Start today. Doing what you should be doing. Because the time is short. 
I'm going to give up my grudge today. Hope so. Because the time is short. You don't want to stand before the Lord holding on to that grudge. Because Scripture has something to say about that. Give up the grudge today. Give it to Him. It's so easy to procrastinate and put things off until tomorrow. The things that we ought to be doing today. Life is short. Make the most of every opportunity. And I think if we learned this principle and lived by it, we would be moved to be a person who is after the heart of God. We come here to the end of this this sermon series in Psalms. I want to ask you one question here. What's your epitaph going to be on your tombstone? What is it that people are going to say about you? Wouldn't it be great If your epitaph could read, a man, a woman, who is after the heart of God. That's what the book of Psalms is about. It's written by a man, by men, whose hearts were after God's heart. Let's pray together. I thank you for this wonderful book that brings comfort, brings encouragement. It's the truth. It introduces you to us really like no other book in the Bible. So Lord, Help us to grab hold of the truth throughout this book. Help us to grab hold of your son, Jesus, who is foretold in this book. Lord, if there's anyone here today who needs to have a sense of urgency, whether it would be about accepting Jesus or giving up a grudge or or whatever you would lay on our heart, Lord, would we listen to you? In Jesus' name.